The reason my mom is special to me is because she motivates me to do my best at my soccer games and she loves me continuously. She always is there for me even if I put up a fight and she will always love me no matter what I do. That's why my mom is special to me. Well, hello. Welcome to Life Church on this Mother's Day weekend. To all your mamas out there, I hope that you will be spoiled and pampered and doted on and that you will get your own spa if you don't win the one here that maybe your spouse or kids will notice that you were giddy and excited about possibly winning that and purchase you one tonight or tomorrow. Um, Thanks, Ava, for making me want to almost cry. <laughs> Thanks a lot for that one, Ryan, or whoever thought of that. Um, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel's the one that's guilty for that one. Thanks, Daniel. I'm um, trying to keep it together now that uh, she was on the screen for me. There, thanks a lot. Um, this weekend, we do not just celebrate moms. I am pretty much a stickler for that. I love to celebrate women. So it doesn't matter if you're 12 or 112, we want to celebrate you. I love women, I love young women that are trying to figure out who they are, to women that are very established in their womanhood and are very comfortable in who they are. This weekend's message, I want to talk about faces, masks, identities, labels that women tend to wear, put on, change throughout the day, or ones that they just keep on and they become so accustomed to them they don't even know that they're wearing them anymore. Women, we have this ability of where we put on this mask or this label to try to please others, to try to cope with what's going on around us, and it's to benefit those that we live with. It's our friends, our neighbors, our family, our coworkers, our bosses those that we're trying to impress and those that we're trying to keep up with. Women are unique and we're special and I think we're amazing. I love women. The message that I am speaking on tonight, I got from a book. It's called Graceful by Emily Freeman and it says it's for young women, but I am no longer a young woman, though I feel like I'm still a young woman. So, um, I'd read them even though they're not really for me, but they kind of are because we're all really deep down inside still that 17-year-old girl, if we're not 17 anymore, <laughs> if we're way past that, um, we're still wanting to be. We still feel like there's days that we are 17. But the words that Emily wrote in this book apply no matter you're learning out, who, trying to figure out who you are or if you are pretty much having to be someone, a mom, a stepmom, a grandma, an aunt, a sister, whatever role that you have to take on. Behind each one of these eight faces that we're going to talk about today, we're going to dive into what their fear is, the right that they have, the hiding place that they go to, and then we're going to talk about what God has to say. In the first page of the book, Emily writes this, and it's my opener for you today. For the quiet girl who sits in the back, the loud girl who thinks she should be different, 
the girl who couldn't do it as well as her sister, for the daughter who just wants to please her parents, for the student who wants to do it right, for the friend who is always the smiling sidekick, for the good test takers and the strict rule makers, for the athlete succeeding and competing for the star, for the dancer and the painter and the daydream maker, for the worried and the hurried and the sweet smile fakers, for the prom queen who cries in the bathroom, the artist who ignores the canvas, and the poet who never speaks up, for the girl who feels both too much and not enough, for the girl who is tired of trying and the Christian who doesn't know Jesus, for the girls who win and the ones afraid to fail, for the pretty one wondering if she's enough, for the smart one worried on the inside, for those who say, I'll be fine, and I'm not lonely for the liars. For the girl who knows everything and nothing at all. For the rule followers, the fear wallowers, the messy and the misunderstood. For the self-critic and the silent judge. And for those who feel invisible. For the wannabe leaders and the gonna-be women. And the someday mamas and the soon-to-be world changers. And the present idea makers. These words are for you. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for each woman that is in this place. None of us, not a person here today, would be here if it wasn't for a woman. A woman that either gave birth to them or through the birth of a heart. Whether it's a grandmother that raised them or an aunt, we are all here today because a woman loved us so much. And I'm so thankful for that. I pray that you would touch each woman that is here today. May these words in some way just plant a seed inside of them, I pray. Take root and grow. That they would identify with one of these labels and possibly see where you could do a work and a change and that they could have freedom in you. I thank you today for each one of the women here. In your, in your name we pray, amen. The first label I want to talk about is the actress. Now, when I was a little girl, you're going to might find this a little hard to believe, but I was incredibly shy, like horribly shy. Like I couldn't look you in the eye shy, couldn't talk to you. I would hide behind my huge, thick Coke bottle glasses and just try to blend into whatever the circumstance was around me. I was always constantly praying, please nobody notice me, nobody pay any attention to me, I hope I can just make it out of here without having to talk to anyone, please, 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 God, please help me. But secretly, deep down inside, I wanted to be like on the stage, I wanted the spotlight on me, I wanted to shine, I wanted to sing, I wanted to dance, I wanted to perform, I wanted to play the piano, I wanted to be like, Whoa! and it was just, oh. But I was so scared, so scared. Many days growing up, I thought I was Laura Ingalls or Anna Green Gables or the little orphan Annie or really at any given point, one of the Brady sisters. I just wanted to be them so bad. They were strong and they were confident. And oh, who wouldn't want to be Marsha Brady, right? But I wasn't. I was this little scrawny short pixie haircut girl who had zero confidence until around the fifth grade. 
The Christmas production tryouts had happened for the kids, and again, I did not get a part. And I was mad. I was fit to be tied. And I told my mom. I gave her the what for. Well, my mom, not knowing secretly for all these years that I was just dying to be the star of Bethlehem, right? There she was like, okay. Well, she then told a friend who told a friend who turns out the lead in the Christmas production could no longer do the Christmas production because she was sick. And then the next thing I knew, I was the star of Bethlehem. I had to learn lines, and I had to be able to sing, and I was just like, oh, my word, I was so excited. The cutout for the stage prop had already been designed for the girl who was much shorter than me, so the whole time my face is cut out into this little star, and I'm having to bend and scrunch over, but I didn't care. I was so excited. I was like, yes, I am the star. Literally, I am the star. I was just like beaming the whole time. But something I learned from that experience was this. It takes a lot of perfection, and you have to be good, and you have to be, like, on all the time. And I was like, that's a lot of work. I don't have time for that. Nobody. I mean, I wanted to be back at my home being Marsha Brady. I didn't want to have to be on the stage and have to be performing or making people happy, or making sure it was done right. It's a lot of work. So the actress, she fears that she is inadequate. The actress, she holds on to her right to be successful. The actress, she hides behind her performance. I perform so that you'll like me. I perform so you think I'm okay. I perform to prove my worth to you, to God and to myself. I perform because I don't know how not to. God says to you, you don't have to keep up with, you don't have to outdo, you don't have to become a better version of somebody else. In his word, Psalms 139.13, he says, you made all the delicate and inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You don't have to fear. You don't have to worry that it'll all fall apart if you don't get it just right. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans to do good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God made you, and there's only one of you. Stop trying to be somebody that you were never created to be. The next label is the girl next door. To this girl, image is everything. In this generation that's coming up, these middle schoolers and high schoolers are dealing with what I've heard deemed generation-like, or the one that troubles me the most is generation selfie. There are moms, I've read a book about how social media is impacting our teenage daughters and uh, how it's affecting them socially, spiritually, academically. But what these moms, there's a certain group of moms that are taking their daughters and they're going out and they're having their hair done, their makeup sprayed on, they're having things waxed and tucked and nipped and pulled and injected and nails done and they're going out and buying these ridiculous outfits 
And it's also that they can have the perfect selfie on Instagram. Because if you tag it and you hashtag it just right, you might get Abercrombie or Sephora or some major network of corporations to notice how many likes your daughter gets. And then they hire her. How crazy is that? It's not even really her. She's 12, she's 15, but yet they're portraying this image that's not real. These girls are growing up portraying something that's not real, not knowing how to be comfortable with themselves. You ask any woman in this room or at the grocery store or at Speedway or wherever, Tell me, what do you think, can you list for me a few things that you think are wrong with your hair, your face, and your body? And that woman will spend the next five minutes spewing a list off to you of things that, and your head is just going, what? When she finally takes a breath, and then you can go, okay, no, stop. Now just tell me something that you think is lovely about your hair, your face, or your body. And she'll probably look at you, and then she'll scoff. We are our own worst critics. We have such a hard time being comfortable with who we are and what we portray. In the movie, The Help, the nanny, the maid, the housekeeper, tells this little girl that she's in charge of these three statements that I think are huge. She says, you is kind, you is smart, and you is important. Never once does she tell, tell her she's pretty or she's beautiful. No, she hones on what she knows every woman needs to hear and every woman needs to say. You are kind, you are smart, and you are important. We have such a hard time believing that, such a hard time accepting that. The girl next door, she fears what people will think. The good girl next door, she holds on to her right to be good. And the girl next door hides behind her good reputation. When God says to you, I'm the keeper of your reputation, you don't have to please everyone. Here's a tip. You're never going to please everyone, ever. Stop trying. The only person you need to please is him. That's all he wants from you. Galatians 1.10 says, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Am I striving to please men? If I were still striving to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Characters about who you are. Your reputation is about who people think you are. Jesus didn't value what people thought. He only ever valued people. If your reputation is in question, you only need to look to Jesus. Psalm 27, 4 through 5. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. You only have to please your Savior. 
not this world. The next label is the activist. Now, the activist is going to tell you that you need to save the world instead of showing the world who the Savior is. I think back to Mary and Martha, the two sisters in the New Testament. In, in Luke 10, 41 through 42, Jesus pretty much tells Martha the what for. Martha is ticked. She's mad. She's fed up. She's had enough of her lazy sister who only wants to sit at the feet of Jesus and just soak him in. When Martha has been going about cleaning the house, cooking Thanksgiving Day dinner on a Wednesday, just preparing the house, getting the fine linens out, getting the china, the crystal, the silver, everything is set up, and she's exhausted, and she's mad, and she's tired, and she's like, Jesus, what are you going to do about this? And he's like, you've done it wrong. Your sister is the one that did it right. We worry, us women, we worry all the time. What are people going to think? What about the future? We fret about the past. We try hard to be the best, to do the best, to never, ever measure up. The activist, she fears that she won't make a difference. The activist holds on to her right to be important, and she hides behind her causes. I have to make a difference. I have to find a cure. I have to raise the money. I have to save the world. When God says to you, dear sister, stop doing and start looking to me. Your service, your works, they all should point all these other people to me, not to you. In 2 Corinthians 3, 4 through 5, such confidence we have through Christ towards God not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. You don't have to save the world. He already sent the Savior. The heroine is our next label, label number four. Do you feel responsible to be right, to do good, to have it all together? Maybe you feel responsible to for being responsible, you have to solve all the problems, all the fights, all the hurts. You carry all the burdens and all the blame. You have to have all the answers. You can't ever be high maintenance, needy, weak, or wanting. The heroine, she fears weakness. She holds on to her right for importance, and she hides behind her strength and her responsibilities. God is saying to you, stop relying on yourself to do all of this work. Trust in me to do the work in you. Your weakness is an opportunity for his strength to shine. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in your weakness. You don't have to be the strong one. You don't have to carry your family. You don't have to carry the corporation. You don't have to carry your kids. You just have to give it to him. Put away the cape. Put away the Wonder Woman outfit and give it to him and let him be the one that gets all the honor and all the glory. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Through 30. 
Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Label number five is the bystander. If you are a bystander, then your main goal was much like my main goal growing up. It was just to kind of blend into the wall, to be the wallflower. You don't want to make any trouble. You don't want to cause anyone to notice who you are or, or to ask you to join the PTA or to make the cupcakes or to make the presentation at work. You just really just want to blend in. The voice that you hear inside your head always says, don't get too close. They'll never leave you alone. Better off to hide back. The bystander, she fears exposure. If they find out that I have the best cupcake recipe, they will never leave me alone. The bystander, she holds on to her right to be left alone. And she hides behind her comfort zone. Jesus is calling you out today from the sidelines to experience living with him. He's not going to change your personality and make you instantly an extrovert. He's not going to make you become loud or outgoing or giggly or overly friendly. But he is saying to you, come join me as yourself, just the way you are. But be willing and open and ready to receive what I have for you today. Psalm 139, 1 through 2. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you understand my thoughts from afar. God loves you. He loves all of you. Don't let fear motivate your life, but let love, his love, set you free to experience all that he has for you. Label number six is the judge. Now, the judge is the girl she knows all the rules, and she's the enforcer of the rules because she also created the rules. When we were in, when I was in Bible college, I had come from a very large state university then to this very small Bible college. And I was used to wearing jeans and sweatshirts and tennis shoes and wearing my hair in a ponytail and no makeup if I wanted, to having to go to a Bible college where I had to wear a skirt or a dress you um, had to be presentable. You had to be polished, and you had to wear pantyhose. And it was just like, what in the world? Who made these rules? Well, a bunch of men. Because <laughs> if a man ever had to wear pantyhose, that rule would have changed lickety-split. So it was hard. I did not like these, these rules. And and who makes up the rules, and why do we have to follow them? And nowhere in the Bible does it say that a woman can't wear jeans. So I fought back a little bit on that. I would be a little rebellious when the skirts were supposed to be at a certain length. Mine were usually a little shorter. Yeah, I would be a little bit of a rebel rouser, you know, wearing my shorts too skirt, <laughs> too short. But, you know, the rules, you always have to follow the rules. Some girls at school, they were just strict. They, they would have the ruler, and they would measure. We're always going to have women like that, that voice that always says, never and always. And her focus is the constant growing list of do's and do nots. The judge, she fears failure. She holds on to her right to be right. Her favorite line is, I told you so. 
The judge hides behind her rules. I have to figure it out. I have to follow the rules. I have to check it off my list. And by all means, I have to get it right. Don't reduce your walk with Jesus to a list of do's and do nots. That's not what he died for. God says to you, my sweet friend, all you have to do is trust me. John 6, 29, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. And Romans 6, 14, you are not under law, but you are under grace. Find that freedom in him today. I'm not saying go crazy and wear short skirts, but I am saying there is freedom in him. Release the rules and the list of do's and do nots. Label seven, the intellectual. Now, this is a label I have never carried. I have never worn. This is the label that is all about the good works, the perfect attendance, being polite, having the right answers, the best kids, the excellent presentations, the flawless house, and the superior grades. If you feel having the approval of people, teachers, bosses, friends, coworkers, etc., is the most important thing, then maybe it's time for some humility. William Temple, a teacher and former Archbishop of Canterbury, once said, and I love this definition for humility, humility does not mean thinking less of yourself than of other people, nor does it mean having a low opinion of your own gifts. It means freedom from thinking about yourself at all. Embracing humility is the opposite of holding on to your rights. The intellectual fears criticism. She holds on to her right to have all the answers. The intellectual hides behind her report card or her yearly evaluation. God is saying to you, smart one, you don't have to know everything. You just have to know me. Please remember, you don't have to be the smartest girl in the room. Psalm 46.10, ceasing and striving, stop, stop ceasing and striving and know that I am God. Your critics and your competitors are not the ones who define you or your worth. 1 Peter 5, 6-7, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Our last label, label number eight, is the dreamer. Now, I can daydream with the best of them, right? You can create stories in my head. I mean, obviously, I thought I was Laura Ingalls Wilder and Anna Green Gables and Marsha Brady, but I could live these fantasies and these dreams and concoctions and spend time and you forget what was real and what was a daydream. And then there's the what if game. What if I win the lottery? What if I was married to? What if I lived in this city? What if I had this house? What if I went on this trip? What if I ate my way through Paris? What if I lived on the beach? What if I had so-and-so as my group of best friends? What if I wrote a novel and had to go on a book tour? We live in these fantasies and these daydreams and these games of what if. And we miss out on living 
this blessed life that he has for us. We keep sitting, waiting for the perfect to happen. It's not bad to daydream about your future or to make goals and plans and to dream and to have wishes. But in some ways, the voice of the dreamer can convince us that later will always be better than now and that someday is where life will really happen. The dreamer fears that she's missing out. And she holds on to her right to be happy, and she be, hides behind her some days. God says, your dreams, they're safe in my hands. I'm the one that created them. I'm the one that wove them into you to make you who you are. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Your dreams are a gift. You have been made with a purpose and an intention that only you can live out. Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. These labels or masks we wear, and sometimes we don't even know that we're wearing them. Some we take off and some we change out. But I want you to know that you are not merely a rule-following, reputation-making, image-maintaining, responsible, intellectual good girl. You are not a woman who needs to try harder, do better, be more, look good, or be perfect. You are not the boring one, the responsible one, the counselor, the peacemaker, the background friend, or the problem solver. These hiding places or faces are ones that you use to help you cope, but they are not who you are. Who you are is you are his daughter. You are daughter to the Most High King. And because of Jesus, you are enough. You are secure. You are the salt of the earth. You are cared for. You are seen. You are forgiven. You are free. And you have hope. My dear sweet sister, you are the daughter to the Most High King, and you were created in His image. Stop sitting in the bleachers or on the sidelines. Get up and get living this life that He has given you. Remember this. The God that decided the world needs sunsets and sunrises, the moon and starry nights, oceans and beaches and puppies, is the same God that made you and said, the world needs one of these two. I close with Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond, beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen.